yeah. Simon from the album Rhythm of the Saints that came out, what, 30 years ago, maybe? A little bit yeah. longer? It's no You Can Call Me Al. But. Scott Maxwell writes the Ticky Names column for the Orlando Sentinel, and every Wednesday at this time we talk to Mr. Maxwell to see what he's writing about, what he's thinking about. Please welcome Scott Maxwell back to the program. Hello, Mr. Maxwell. Good afternoon, guys. How are you doing? That, that sounded like the intro to an NPR segment. <laughs> yeah, right. in a way, they probably use that. I wouldn't <laughs> doubt that at all. i got a lot of ground to cover today. First of all, tell the audience a great column the other day. I think it came out, what, Sunday? Uh, uh, Tuesday. Monday. Monday. Monday, excuse me. This is the case in Seminole County uh, yeah. regarding an individual who has murder conviction overturned by the state Supreme Court. It's going back to retrial. And just kind of fill the audience uh, into this, because uh, somewhere along the line, it seems to me something is askew. Yeah, and if you'll indulge me, I'll tell a little bit about how the story happened. Okay. So this was back in 2004 or five. There is a, a gruesome murder up in Seminole County, up in Altamont Springs. There is a grandmother and her daughter who are living together. Grandmother is wheelchair-bound and is found stabbed twice to death. Uh, her daughter is found stabbed 129 times. To death. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously bloody, obviously gross. Uh, the police zero in on a guy who lived next door, an, uh, a, a, a Honduran uh, who was not here as a documented uh, citizen working as a prep cook. His bloody footprints were all over the uh, trailer. And at one point in time, the women's uh, granddaughter, the, the, the older one and the, the granddaughter and the younger one's daughter, uh, said, that's the guy. He's been creeping around our trailer for a long time. In fact, uh, I woke up in the middle of the night to find that he had busted into our trailer and he was hovering over me and we told him never to come back. Well, it didn't take long for uh, jurors in Seminole County to hear all that story and decide that uh, he uh, he needed to be convicted. Now, what people didn't know or, or chose to overlook for part of it was he said, well, wait, 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 I was in the I was in the trailer, but I, I uh, went over there to visit and uh, discovered the dead bodies, tried to resuscitate them, and I'm an illegal immigrant, so I left, and I got scared. I've never broken into their uh, thing before, but Jerry said, yeah, you know what, whatever, uh, we're convicting you. He got sentenced to death, and that's been 10 years. However, over the course of those 10 years, the daughter, the one who testified, the one who said he'd broken in to uh, the trailer, confessed to killing both her mother and her grandmother. She mm-hmm. did not confess one time. She confessed five times to four different people. Mm-hmm. said, I used to go into rages. I went into a rage that day. I killed my mother. I killed my uh, uh, grandmother. And uh, and after people started hearing it, they said, hey, cops, uh, 
you know, she's confessed, so we need to get him off death row. They, they did not immediately, so uh, the his defense attorney said, okay, well, I guess we need to go file a formal motion. You know, we, we now have somebody else confessed to the crime. The only person who actually testified that he was there, that story about him hovering over the bed, is the woman who now says she's the one who actually did it. Right. Uh, so they take this to Judge Jessica Rexiedler in uh, Seminole County, and they say it's uh, time to toss this case out. Uh, Judge Rexiedler gives it some thought and says, no. And uh, I, I think ever the jury would have come to the same conclusion. And much of America's legal community becomes baffled at this point in time. Okay. Uh, they said, this, this isn't really you know, that convoluted. You have someone else who said they did it, and they've said they did it uh, many times. So they went to the, they appealed her decision to the Supreme Court. Supreme Court unanimously, and, I, and that's, worth, that's worth stressing, they unanimously overturned Rex Liedler's decision. That means there was no split. It didn't, there was no Republican versus Democratic appointed justices. They all looked at it and said, you, you passed a big crock judge here, and uh, this, this guy should not have been convicted. It got overturned. Flash forward to this week. Uh, this man, uh, Clemente Aguirre, the prosecutor has decided to retry him. That's Phil Archer in Seminole County, but which is probably reason to have, you know, give you pause enough. But if if it's not enough, the part that's even more shocking is it is back in front of Jessica Re Judge Jessica Rexiedler, the woman who the Supreme Court said unanimously got it wrong. And in the meantime. Uh, while all this was going on, she took that case. She took that ruling where she denied uh, him a new trial right. and went to try to score a promotion for a higher judgeship and said, you want to see the kind of good ju judicial work I do? Take a look at this brief. So now she has a pretty vested interest in, uh, in proving that she was right, i.e. that he needed to be convicted. There is new evidence, however, is there not related to DNA concerning Mr. Aguirre's uh, blood and and the blood of the victim's uh, daughter and granddaughter? Correct. Yeah, I should have mentioned that. Absolutely. There is absolutely new DNA evidence, and the DNA evidence found zero, zero drops of Clemente Aguirre, the man who was convicted for this. Right. Keep in mind, this is a murder that involves at least 131 stabs, 129 on one person, two on the other. I think a lot of experts would say it would be very hard to commit that kind of crime without that. So zero drops of his job while there was blood of the daughter granddaughter the woman who confessed to it and i think eight different places so what's the upshot of this i mean i'm not quite sure why the state attorney's office wants to re redo this particular case unless there's something political about it i suppose but you would think they the the supreme we have new evidence the supreme court has overturned the uh the uh the 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 verdict and uh and they go in a different direction i mean what's 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 the purpose of this yeah i'm not sure i understand that i, I don't get so it. archer did not want to uh, talk about that while the trial was going on mm -hmm. although i think they have some belief that uh, he wasn't telling the truth and in fact uh they may even have some evidence that he didn't tell a straight story about like how he handled the body when he claims he was trying to resuscitate my take on that was all right on that is so if you have like forensic evidence that proves he wasn't telling the truth about that then you've got him for lying about touching a corpse right uh that that's 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 a far cry from, from what they're talking about and i don't think unless there's some surprise there is any other uh, you know a forensic evidence or witness testimony uh that's going to do that's going to do that i think it's hard for prosecutors uh, especially in conservative places like seminole county uh to 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 you know have on their record that we let this guy go uh for some people i don't i don't think it's tough if uh 
if you think you're doing the right thing. But the other thing that I have found in these cases, and once again, I don't know, but I've, I've written a lot about convictions that get overturned, convictions where people are on death row for 20 years before science right. proves they didn't do it. And you get these investigators, and they just become convinced. They become obsessed that they're right. Uh, and sometimes they're not evil. Sometimes they're good people who just – I think maybe they can't sleep at night thinking they wrongly – sent somebody to death row, and I can't help but wonder if there's folks up there that are still just convinced come hell or high water or any evidence. So Judge, yeah, Judge Rick Seidler has, uh, she, wants to, she wants to be the, uh, the lead judge in this particular case again. For what reason? You'd think, she said, well, I'm not getting anywhere near a case where the, a verdict was, a, a guilty verdict was rendered and overturned in my court. Because if it You're happens absolutely- again... You are absolutely right. So, so it, in, in fact, uh, I didn't have this in my column because I hadn't spoken to him yet, but I uh, talked with a former Chief Judge Belvin Perry, and I, I think most people would agree he is a pretty uh, respected uh, legal right. and uh, judicial mind in this community. And after I wrote that column, I said, Judge, i got to ask you something. Am I, am I off base here? And he said to me, Scott, there are complicated cases when judges get them, and they have to really weigh uh, on their mind whether they should recuse themselves uh, from a case or not. This is not a complicated case. She should be gone. And it is because she has a vested interest. She tried to use this ruling, this wrong ruling. We can't stress that enough, this really, really wrong ruling. It took the Supreme Court 22 pages to say all the things they thought she got wrong on this. Uh, she has a vested interest in proving it right because uh, she, she used it to try to score a judgeship. Though, by the way, as, as, as I know you remember one little fun side detail on this, part of the reason she did not get that higher job was because she lied about getting a speeding ticket. She'd had a bunch That's of speeding right. tickets in the past. The people who are interviewing her said, have you gotten any recent speeding tickets? She said no. Not only had she gotten one, she'd gotten one on the way to that interview. <laughs> on the way to that interview, she'd gotten said, And so she ended up getting reprimanded yeah, right. uh, for that. But you know what? Everybody's got mistakes, what, whatever. Uh, th- there are some sh- maybe shades of gray on this. It's not a shade of gray that she shouldn't be on this. And what I can tell you is going to happen, the, cl- the, the trial is going to continue to be tainted yes. with all sorts of absolutely legitimate questions, and she's given an absolute grounds for another appeal on a case that's already been going on for more than a decade. Correct. Let me move on. Uh, the mayor of Orlando, the mayor of uh, Orange County, showed up for some rallies today to show their support for, I suppose, if you wanted, uh, you know, the Parkland uh, the Stoneman Douglas High School students, mm-hmm. as you know, all across the nation, this has been going on today. Uh, my observation was, is, and I don't know if you agree with me or not, probably not, but I, I think it, I, I just caution people who support the Parkland students and support that that effort to be very aware of politicians. Uh, the same thing was going on, I think, in Washington today. And I saw Bernie Sanders and the junior or senior senator from Connecticut get up there and you know they they, they 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 want to grab a spotlight mm-hmm. and which and I understand that but it goes with the territory but is it safe to say to the mayor of Orlando and the mayor of Orange County well what else have you done what I mean you, you do you meet with other mayors and say we got to do something about this law yep. in the state of Florida that prevents us meaning our municipalities our cities and counties from enacting any kind of law that we think is appropriate as it relates to firearms or do they just show up to get the spotlight I think your question is uh very astute and completely appropriate, and I don't know if it, what media was there, but I think more of them should have asked that question because the question is, why are you here? Right. And then I presume the answer is to support the students, and then I say, no, 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 no. The only reason you have a microphone in front of your mouth or a camera on your face is because you are a policymaker. 
what policy have you proposed in the past or do you plan to propose to deal with this issue that you are out here for? Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I, frankly, I think this Parkland, uh, the, the, the walkout today were pretty tightly related to gun control efforts. I mean, that's certainly what the students are talking about. Right. No more assault weapons, which once again, are, is, is, is a, excuse me, I shouldn't say assault weapons, like high capacity weapons, uh, which uh, is widely supported by Republicans and Democrats. Uh, so I haven't ever heard Mayor Jacobs talk about any sort of these gun control, universal background checks, something supported by 90%. I haven't heard her talk about that. All of a sudden, her Facebook page, her Twitter stream today, and I posted about this right before I got on the phone with you, had I think 11 or 12 posts about with her hashtag, never forget, yeah, 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 yeah. hashtag, listen to the student. I got to tell you, if I had to guess, Jim, I mean, it almost looked like she was, there's a school board chair position available. And all of a sudden, there's oh no! Are we, are we doing? Are we doing this round robin thing in in, in Orange County again? That's all we do. We, switch we just it's like a yeah. They just circle around. I mean, Mina goes Musical to the chair. sheriff's department. The sheriff goes to the to the uh, county mayor's uh, position. The county mayor goes to the school board. Uh, Bill Sublette. I don't know where he's going. Same thing he's with the sheriff. For, yeah. The good news is, uh, Jim, you're going to be in for Bob Opsall. <laughs> That's perfect. <laughs> you know, it's just. Uh, Anyway, you also had a, uh, you know, I got a couple of minutes, uh, you had a listing of successes and failures in the state legislature. It seems to me probably more failures than not. Tell me, what's your, what's your thought on why the legislature cannot pass a so-called ban on texting while driving when so many other states have? What's in play here? Is it the telecommunications industry that has a bigger stranglehold on the legislature than in other states? I, I don't get this. Everybody wants some kind of restriction on this. It's it's terrorizing driving around, seeing seeing people do what they do with their phones and driving. Yeah, this this one is not a complicated uh, topic. As you say, it's 40, I think 43 other states already have an outright ban. And for background for your listeners, uh, there is theoretically a ban that says you can't text while driving, but cops can't stop you for it right. unless they've stopped you for something else. So all that basically they're doing is say is make this enforceable. And uh, it's another thing that people have supported. Why hasn't it happened? I'll tell you, I think there's a couple reasons. But the primary one is there's no money in it. And I, that sounds crass, but there is no money in it for a legislator. Uh, dead kids don't have good lobbyists. Uh, parents who are worried yeah. about these things don't cough up campaign donations. Walmart walks into a hearing and says, you know what, I'd really like to be able to sell vodka next to Pampers. They will get that hearing lickety split because they've got all kinds of lobbyists and campaign donations. Mm -hmm. But when you just have average citizens saying, I'm worried about being killed, there's not a lot of money. So it drags on year after year. There's some, I guess, concern from the telecommunications industry, uh, but but it's passed in 40 states and there's not that much. I, I will say on the legitimate side, there are some black lawmakers who have some concern about racial profiling. They fear that cops are going to use texting while driving as an excuse to pull somebody over, to which I say they, they don't need another excuse. If you've got a bum cop out there, they can do it for a, they can do it for a seatbelt, a busted taillight for yeah. looking the wrong direction. Right. Uh, and, 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 but more importantly, someone said, okay, if that's a concern, how about we, we start documenting who gets pulled over? If we pass this law, every cop who pulls them, someone over for texting for driving has to, to, to actually note the 
race of the person there. I like that idea. I'd actually like that idea for all crimes uh, we're doing. So some of the, and then you had a bunch of uh, re, uh, sort of uh, Republican senators go, oh, my black colleagues are very worried about this. Mm-hmm. So I don't think I can pass. And it just doesn't happen. And we're now on, uh, I think, year four of it not happening. And I say it's because there's no money behind it. All right, quickly. And because, people, and because they'll get reelected. Because we will wring our hands and we will say, gosh darn them, and then collectively as the body politic put the same people who've been there for eight years back and forth between the chambers back and forth. 30 seconds. Are we going to have daylight savings time year-round in the state of Florida? Uh, I sure did not think so. And then Marco Rubio went and filed a bill today. Uh, and I got to tell you, it's only going to take one year for when your, foot, your football game you want to watch uh, starts around 9.30 p.m. Or, uh, you, you know, you're wrapping up your uh, basketball game around 1, but which, by the way, is when the balls are going to drop if this thing happens. That's true. <laughs> oh, no. Now, we'll oh, have yeah. it at 11 p.m. here. <laughs> no, it's the other way. See, we're all confused. Later. We don't. No, no, no. We sprung forward. Now, they're going to fall back in the fall, Scott, so they're going to go an hour back, and we're going to stay forward. You're right. So, You're right on that see, one. See, that's Thank the you. case for not screwing yeah. around with this. Yeah. Right. Nobody's going to know. And keep in mind, it's just us. There are a lot of people who say, oh, let's get rid of daylight savings time, but they're talking about the nation. We're going to be our own little island of insanity. You're yep. going to take a d- drive from Jacksonville to Savannah and lose an hour and maybe <laughs> get it back if you go to Alabama. Uh, yeah, if I you do know. it fast enough, uh, you come back a year uh, younger. Yeah, that's right. You keep going back and forth. And, and also keep in mind, in the winter, you will not see the sun before 8.15 a.m. Uh, on any given time, which may, if you sleep late, what the hell do you care? Yeah, that's what I but, if, but if you're a kid who's walking to school or on the uh, or standing on the side of the road or catching a school bus, virtually no one except for middle schoolers who start at 9.30 is going to be going to school in daylight, which is a concern. Good enough. What's coming up in the next column? Uh, I have got, yeah, bills that did not pass, some of which uh, needed to die, uh, is in tomorrow's paper. And then Sunday, I think I'm going to, I'm trying to put together something. I think the, all the, the gross battles that we used to have, developers versus right. citizens, I think they're all back in full swing. There you go. Hey, thanks for joining us. Good job. My pleasure as always. Scott Maxwell, he writes the Taking Names column for the Orlando Sentinel. Shot Doctors in the studio. Shot Doctor casting call coming up next on Real Radio 104.1. To win $1,000 is just minutes away on Real Radio 104.1.